if they're 20 something years old or 40 something or 60 something. They did not get here overnight. And some of the things we are trying to work through took years to develop in the first place. So they may very well take years to reverse. I noticed the thing that has been best for my rest, turning my phone onto airplane mode at night, trying not to fill every little empty space with something. <laughs> Even if it was like something that wasn't work. Like I'll be like, I need to have a chill weekend. And then my chill weekend turns into like dinner with this person, drinks with yeah. this person. I was like, just do nothing. I, another thing I've been really working on this year is boundaries. So when you say no to something, you're actually saying yes to yourself. Let's link up with Krista on The Fix. She's a wellness coach with a focus on mental well-being and physical strength. What's up, Fix listeners? Welcome to our latest episode of The Fix Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Huber, and I have a conversation for today's episode that is really hard to sum up in a way that's going to do it justice. So I'm going to keep this really short because I want you guys to dive right into it. And I would like to ask you, before you listen to this episode, to take a minute, if you happen to be in your car, if you happen to be going for a walk, I want you to really center yourself for this conversation because it goes deep. There is conversation in here that I should put a little trigger warning label on. We do talk about assault in somewhat of a high level detail, but if you are affected by that in any kind of way, just know that that does happen in this conversation. And I want to acknowledge our guest for being vulnerable and being willing to share that and talk about how that's really influenced who she is as a person, but the work that she does on a daily basis. And that is Lehi Benisti. She is a yoga and breathwork instructor. She is one of the instructors and founding employees of a very cool platform, studio, space, we'll call it, Open. And Open is a platform that I'm excited to introduce to the Fix audience, to the Fix family. I really strongly urge anybody who gets even 10 minutes into this episode, before you dive too much deeper, go check it out. Download the app, explore it for yourself. It's got a mix of movement, yoga, breathwork, music, all these different modalities to help you come up with routines, rituals, practices, whatever you'd like to call them to help you just explore your emotions, be vulnerable, be the best version of yourself. And that's what this entire chat is all about. So as we move into the new year, as you start to set yourself up for 2023, something that came up for me, something that came up for Leahy in the last year through 2022 and and events that have happened in her life is the power of rest. And we're at a place where we're already gearing up for the fresh start of a new year, maybe feeling re-energized, maybe you're taking some time off from work and you're like, okay, I'm ready to go. I want you to pause and in centering yourself for listening to this episode, I also encourage you to pause a little longer and take a deep breath. Even me and recording these conversations and knowing that, okay, I've got this on my schedule next. I'm going to go run to the next thing. You'll hear Leahy and I talk about how scary it can sometimes be to just invite space into your schedule invite planned rest times into your schedule and sometimes it has to be forced and sometimes we have to really really put ourselves in a position where we acknowledge the patterns that we have 
and maybe take some steps to possibly change them. So I would also invite you, if that's something you're aware of, but it's something that's keeping you stuck, that's where I want to help you. That's where I want to remind you as a fixed listener, whether you're new, if you are, welcome to the show, or somebody who's been here for a while, maybe you're someone who's listened to us week after week and is toying with the idea of coaching. This is another highlight of what the Fitness Fix coaching programs bring to the table that are different from other coaching practices. Yes, we talk about nutrition. Yes, we talk about macronutrients. But we also talk about your routine, which includes when you're resting, when you're recovering, and not just the go, go, go all the time. And many of the women that we support and work with are all about the go, go, go and need the structure and the context and the reminder to just take a breather. So if that is of any interest with, of, for you or maybe something that you find challenging in your life, come talk to us. Shoot me a DM. We are taking on new clients for the new year and the Fitness Fix team is growing too, which is really exciting. So get ready for some new faces. There may be some permanent new faces on this podcast as we welcome new coaches onto the team. So I can't wait to share all of the things that we have in store and and a lot of the hard work that's happening behind the scenes. So get ready for a very exciting, explosive 2023, but one that will be rooted in being grounded and being present and being thoughtful. And with that, let's welcome Lehi Benisti to the Fix Podcast. Lehi, welcome to the Fix Podcast. I am honored to have you today. As we were discussing pre-recording, there is about 72 different ways we could take this conversation. And I'm just very excited to see what we get into by way of you answering these first couple questions. So first and foremost, very happy to have you. Honored to be able to facilitate this conversation, learn more about you, your personal story, your journey, about open all of the things. So with that said, we got to kick it off with our classic icebreaker for all of our fixed guests, and that's all things caffeine. So what do you like to sip on if you do drink coffee? What's your go-to drink of choice? And if it's not coffee, that's totally cool too. Wow. Well, A, honored to be here as well. Thank you for having me. Thank you for um, yeah being open to this kind of co-collaboration uh, that we're going to create together. And in terms of caffeine, well, so I'm not a coffee drinker. All good. I was a coffee drinker, okay. but you know, digestion wise, it just like didn't really sit, if you know what I mean. So <laughs> tea. I feel ya. Tea is really the direction that I've gone in. And I'm a daily, I'm so LA. I'm a daily matcha, hot matcha with oat milk every morning, pretty much. I'm actually like my inner world, my inside, like really just wants a chai, but I'm more of a chai snob. It's harder for me to find a good chai, but it's easier for me to find a good matcha. So my day-to-day is matcha, but when I find a really good, like spicy ginger Mm -hmm. chai, then that's really what my heart wants. Very nice. Well, you had me at I'm a snob and then fill in the blanks because when it comes to my (laughs) coffee, I am the same exact way. And I totally feel that I'll be totally honest. I'm not a fan of chai. It's just like it's never vibed with me, but I get it. And like the way things are brewed and the way certain coffee roasters do things for me is very important. So I just I like to bond over that to kind of get the conversation going. So very it's cool. funny though, because I do love coffee ice cream and coffee flavor everything me else, too. but I just don't drink coffee. That's but. okay. That's okay. Well, cool. Yeah. 
Well, awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, great. So now we know a little fun fact about you. We're going to get right into the rest of it. And I kind of want to start this focus more on you personally and we'll weave open and everything that the platform stands for and your involvement in it throughout this conversation. And of course, encourage all the fixed listeners. We'll plug it. We'll get to that as we go um, so that everybody can go check it out for themselves. And I'm excited to check it out too. But that said, all of my shows, when I have a guest on, I like to open it with asking you a little bit of a spin on the typical resume question. So Mm -hmm. You can jump in here right now and you can tell me who you are and you can tell the fixed listeners your accolades and accomplishments and different pieces about your story that you you want to highlight and you think will be relevant to this conversation. But I'd like to ask you to push you to go a little bit deeper. And when you answer this question, when I say who is so-and-so and who is a guest on the Fix podcast, I really want to know why you're here and why we should care about your story and whether that's with open or just your own personal story and and the work that you do so that said who is Leahy and why should we care about what she's going to share with us today Mm, I love that question I also love um, your invitation to go deep because I think that's where I'll start is that what I do and what I offer is all about going deep and is all about going kind of beneath the layers of our own self and kind of like peeling back the the onion layers to go into that kind of core center. So that's like what I do in a more maybe esoteric uh, space. But can we can kind of rewind a bit. I'm a yoga and breathwork teacher uh, and meditation, but to me, both those things are meditation. So uh, I'm in the wellness space or in the well-being space that can be called many different things. I work with Open. Open is a uh, a mindfulness platform we're both online and in person and we offer all of those things move meditate and breath work um in terms of like my background i grew up in santa cruz i have i'm first generation american and i have kind of flirted with the practice of yoga and mindfulness my whole life because cool. i just grew up in a very hippie town i grew up going to buddhist school i'm not buddhist but i just grew up in this like buddhist community so i learned about karma and i learned about like, taking care of my body and my mind and my heart and just that's just kind of been in my in my system my really since a, a really young age since age 4 or 5 And of course, like you begin to reject it when you're older, you reject the things that you were given. Uh, High school, I was like, ugh, none of that. And then, and then college, I really came back into it. So around high school, college, I I suffered from some pretty intense depression and it was kind of these different self, self self-awareness practices that really helped me get out of it. And in college, I got really into yoga. I moved, I was in, in the Boston area and it was so cold and I was just really cold all the time. This California girl could not. <laughs> oh gosh. No. I bet you were. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I got really into yoga. And from that, um, I think in that moment, it was more like I was showing up to the hot room. Mm. I really wanted like hot yoga, fitness, the whole thing. Nice. And then I realized like, actually my intention for continuing to show up shifted and changed and it was more it became less of a fitness and more of a practice and I was in a very different career but eventually moved to San Francisco did my first teacher training and then kind of worked my way up and worked my way through the practice I'm a teacher but I'm always a student 
eventually moved to LA in COVID time and here I am with open. So that's kind of like the timeline of what I've gotten to here. But I think what, what I really offer, and if there's anything that's like my life's mission, Mm -hmm. it's to create a space for, for people to feel and to create a space where people can be vulnerable and to, to really reframe this idea of a vulnerability. Cause I think through depression that I've gone through and, and trauma that I've gone through and interactions that I've had, I've really come to understand how people view emotions and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And it's often that they put it in the like bad category. And so in practice, I'm really trying to reframe that. That's amazing. And I have several points I want to touch on. So I'm going to try my best to go in order from what you just (laughs) shared with us. And I appreciate everything that you did. But I will say one thing before I lose it. Your comment around emotion and looking at it negatively. I have a friend that you should definitely connect with. He's a friend of the Fix podcast. We did an episode well over a year ago, if not longer. His name is Kian. He's amazing. And um, he has this sort of coaching practice where his phrasing, I think, aligns with the message that you just communicated to us, Leahy. And that's I actually made it the title of the episode because it really stuck with me and is still coming up for me now a year plus later, learning how to make love to your emotions. And that was his like way of phrasing it. And it just, I was like, I've never heard that before. And it sounds kind of strange when it's not in context, but it's so on point with what you just said. So I'm going to make sure I connect you guys because I think that would be a really cool conversation. But let's go back to... You said some things about career. You said a few things. I'm an East Coast girl, so we got to talk about Boston. I'm sitting in New Jersey, so we'll talk about that, the cold. If you thought Boston was cold, I think Boston is cold, and yeah, so I'm with you there. Um, But I really want to talk about first and foremost, let's kind of follow along like that childhood journey. I have to know the origin story of your experience with Buddhism. Was that your parents or was it by nature of the the town that you grew up in? Like, how did that come together? Because four years old, like – you're, you're in your formative childhood years. So obviously there was some outside influence with that. So start with that for me. Cause I'm really intrigued by that. Yeah. It's fascinating. Um, no, I'm not. I mean, like my parents aren't Buddhist. I, I grew up Jewish. Okay. My mom Brazilian, my dad's Moroccan Israeli, but we just so happened to land in this, you know, hippie Santa Cruz town. And there is a center there called the land of medicine Buddha. Okay. And it's a Buddhist land and there's monks that go there on retreat cool. and meditation and a we, I mean, I don't know the exact story, but really my mom met this woman who created the school and there was like a little daycare. The and daycare that's where you went? And that's where I went until wow. fourth grade. Yeah. That's so interesting. I have a little bit of experience in the, uh, a little bit of Buddhism, but it was actually a, a mixture of a lot of different types of meditation. I took mm-hmm. a course when I was in college and I went to school in Virginia this is a very random fun fact. There are many monas- monk monasteries in Virginia because there's a lot of forest monks there because they have the space for it. So I yeah. went to a forest-based monastery and it was very interesting. Um, I never thought in my life I would be exposed to something like that. So it, it was one of the coolest experiences I had in college because it was so different from where I went to college and to know that I was in the middle of Virginia and like three hours away or not even maybe like an hour away from where I went to school, which is frankly like very conservative. You then had this polar opposite experience of the these people who had such a different way of life. And this was a completely they were a silent monastery, so they did not talk at all 
Um, and to, as somebody who loves to talk, hence the podcast, like just being in that environment was very cool for me. But yeah, when you said that part, I was like, oh, I have to know how she kind of landed there. And you did mention that you were first generation American. So your parents, Brazil and Moroccan Israeli, very interesting combination. How do they meet and how do they wind up? Like why Santa Cruz? Why California? Like I need to know the whole backstory because that's how you, you got here. And I want to just know how that all came together. I mean, Santa Cruz is like a surf town. My dad was yeah. a surfer. Okay. Surf, so that I think he was always drawn to Santa Cruz. My mom, there's a Brazilian community in Santa Cruz. Got so my it. mom actually came at one point before she ended up meeting my dad, but really they met in Brazil. Okay. And they met on the bus. Oh. Cute. And then I was conceived very soon after. There you go. Cool. <laughs> and then ultimately you guys landed in California. Well, cool. Well, yeah. awesome. So in keeping with this chronological theme as best as I can here, I want to acknowledge what you shared about your mental health and about depression. And I appreciate you bringing that into this conversation because I can 100% relate. When I was a few years after college, so a couple years down the line from when it sounds like you experienced it, I've been through the same points in my life myself, never thought that I would be there. And I can tell you that on a personal level, for as much as I knew from a wellness perspective about the power of yoga, breathwork, meditation, and anything that can fall into that category, because I'm with you and your comments around yoga and breathwork really both being forms of meditation, I rejected them so much. For as much as I understood the value, just being in the depths of a really, really poor mindset and one I just could not talk myself out of, I felt like I was constantly grasping at whatever tool and I put tool in quotes because they didn't feel like tools in the moment they felt like a pain in the ass to be honest with you that I could to try to get myself out of it and try to just like pull myself out of this hole that I was like why am I in this place like I have to get myself out of this place and there was so much resistance and so much around it and I would really like to hear what that looked like for you and you can answer this however you want in terms of how that might have manifested in your life how it maybe has come in and out of your life. I don't know where you stand on in your opinion of depression, if you feel that's something you'll always live with and, and what your thoughts are around that. But I just would invite you to kind of unpack that a little bit more because I really appreciate that you're willing to talk about that because this platform for me really started as a way to share a little bit of that story myself in yeah. that I before – I went through that experience. I felt so much pressure to try to be perfect all the time. And yeah. I am so over hiding some of those pieces of anxiety that ultimately led to depression and and a few other really big hurdles in my life. So uh, let's talk about it. Yeah. So I think it's interesting. I was in such a different place, obviously, when I, st I first started realizing, and maybe I'd never even realized it, but my therapist and my parents and my friends and mm -hmm. all of that, um, I was around 16 when okay. it was getting pretty pretty heavy um and I, f I felt so weak and I think like I can kind of weave this into the now too because I've actually suffered back into depression in this past year and there's this kind of idea that that having mental health issues and I say that quote unquote yeah it's it's like, like what like, word do we use but it just yeah, like comes yeah, out I know yeah, I yeah, totally yeah. get it that um that I felt really weak and I felt a lot of shame and I felt a lot of guilt and I just feel like I was enough 
and and actually i think delving deeper into our mental health actually exploring what's happening is actually where it takes a lot of strength oh, to yeah. do that and that's where this kind of like reframe of what vulnerability sure. and what strength comes in which i'd love to talk about yeah but i, I think that. you know when i first got offered like to take a yoga class um in when i was 16 i hated it i was like a water polo jock girl. i was like, a swimmer oh my gosh there's so much in common oh yeah, okay, I yeah. Yep. well what was, I, I did fly and free what was you what were you i was free and breaststroke so i was very not a butterfly very much not a butterflyer but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> it's all good um but yeah i mean i hated yoga i like really hated yoga i mm-hmm. was so lame I, I even like i was looking back you know on facebook it has like the I don't know. It can show you like 10 years ago yes. today, 15 years ago, there yeah, was like yeah. a post that I made and it was like, I hate yoga. And it, I li- I want to like print it and put it on a t-shirt because I think it's so funny that like that's <laughs> the irony favorite. of that now. Right. <laughs> but so like, I really rejected it. I really okay. rejected anything that was soft, honestly, anything that was like, mm. like nurturing because totally. I was like angry and I was in water polo, which is like, even though like I had so much fun. Like there's an anger in it. There's like a masculine feel to it. It's aggressive. And so I didn't know how to be met in this kind of like more nurturing space. And so I did it and I think, but I kept doing it, even though I like my mind was externally being like, I hate this, I hate this, I hate this, but I still showed up. And then after high school, I mean, I, I kind of, I traveled, I graduated early. I traveled a bit. I lived in East Africa. Cool. I did a lot of volunteer projects. I think that's what really pulled me out of the the depression, which felt very um, situational to just kind of being in that, like, what what's happening next? I'm 16. I'm going through heartbreak. I'm going through, like, changes in my body. I, like, what's mm-hmm. my relationship with my parents and my siblings in this town? Where do I want to be? It was kind of, it was intense, but it, it wasn't as intense as I guess my depression has been this year, which I can speak about too. Um, but when I, when I came out of it, I still had that little thing in my brain that was like, I did yoga and it made me feel better. Even though I didn't want to, I didn't want to like give yoga credit. Yes. I was still in that, like, it wasn't yoga. It was me, you know, it was my therapist. Totally. It was like, I just didn't want to give this like weird thing credit. And then it, <laughs> And then in college, I was like, I don't feel good. Like I am cold and I don't feel embodied and I don't feel connected and I feel lonely and I need community and all these things. And then it was the yoga studio that actually um, kind of like brought me into this like love for this practice and rolling out my mat was just like, oh my gosh, like I need this. And, and, and I started really thinking about accessibility and I'm like, everyone needs this. And, and, Mm. and yeah, I mean, what I do with open now is really about creating an accessible practice. So I think that's, you know, a big kind of pillar in my mission statement of life too, is to make sure that these practices and this work on our well-being and mental health is accessible. And we're really doing that with open. Hell yeah. I mean, that's why I want to talk about it. Right. I think there's so much you said in there that I could just nod my head and be like, yes, yes, yes. Because I, I also, I I'd be curious your opinion on this, but I got exposed to yoga in high school too and it was through my swim team I actually think now that I'm like reflecting on this and hearing your own story I was like a junior senior in high school and it was partially my idea because I found the yoga studio that we did hot yoga with like with my swim team and I had it had a family friend whose mom was an instructor there but I also felt the same way as you did like this resistance it was very interesting to hear you say this resistance to anything soft and nurturing 
because I'm like raising my hand and and you know waving the white flag and be like yes like that is that was my struggle for so long and I think it's that like combination of the hyper independence um I'm the only girl in a family of two other brothers and the middle child and all these different things that I could explain like some of the way I'm wired and how I feel and the perfectionism and whatever and the environment like what you were saying about situational I totally can can validate that and be like yes that relates to my own story but I think it's very telling that you now like your reframe and your the way you looked at it when when you made the comment around like rolling out your mat and you were like oh my god I actually like really needed that like that visual was cool for me because I'm thinking about like somebody just like rolling out their mat and thinking about like how expansive your yoga mat then becomes like what that represents for you so very beautifully said and I just want to share that with you because I'm I try to be intentional with my words and I can tell that you are but tell me more about I want to talk about open and I want to talk about what you just said about the accessibility of yoga, but I'm going to say that because I would love for you to just kind of take everything you just described and compare that to the experience you've had more recently, because I think that you can go through an experience like you said, it was situational. You were at that really transitional period in your life and we all go through those things, right? right? Like from high school to college, college to post-grad. In my own situation, I was in that post-grad, about to get married, move on to that next phase of my life. Plot twist, did not get married, realized it was the wrong partner. And that really changed a lot for me and really started to force me to go inside and examine the things that I was just avoiding for years through busyness, through being an overachiever, through whatever I could put into that box, like fill in the blank, some kind of activity, accolade, something. How has that shifted for you? in the last year but more importantly with the skills that you now have with the relationship that you now have to yoga what has your journey been like in really supporting your mind your body your spirit in facing those depressive episodes Mm. yeah huge so earlier this year in january i got um trigger warning uh, assaulted uh, and assaulted by two men with a gun. And in the moment I, I did, I had to disassociate. I had to disassociate from my body yeah. and, and I has been a journey to land back in and to land back into my body because I, I felt very numb and just as someone that is so embodied that sure. lives an embodied life, lives an embodied practice. Like I couldn't like like I wasn't in that safety was like totally stripped from you. Right. I've never felt unsafe, truly. Like I've never felt like, and I've, I'm Brazilian. Like I've traveled around the world. I've lived in East Africa. I've been to India. I've been to places in which like being a woman walking down the street can be unsafe. And I've never had that taken away from me. Mm -hmm. And, and it was here in, in, in LA where I had that experience. So just wanted to like name that. different, Yeah. And, and so it's been interesting because that had that among other things in my life, just friendship shifts and relationship shifts and, mm-hmm. and heartbreak and just financial stuff like has just been, you know, wh- when we go through something, it feels like it's ha- like, I'm like, why is everything happening? Ugh, yes. I, I can really- laugh about that right now, but in the moment you feel like so angry, right? Because you're like, oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. 
So January was that for me. It was okay. like everything is breaking, including me. Like I am breaking, like I am a shell. And and it was really scary for me because I was like, I'm a teacher, I'm embodied, mm-hmm. I'm I'm supposed to help people put their lives back together. Mm-hmm. Like that is my role in life. And for the first time, I was like, I need help. Like I need, I I need to, I need to take these practices that I I push so out and and hold space for others, and I need to bring them back in. So I don't want to. I'm not. I'm not someone to be like. There was a reason for that to happen because I don't want to give power to that situation. And oh, like, yeah. it was good that that assault happened. It was not, but I was able to 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 learn and grow and and kind of like think about my own practice personally, how I'm taking care of nurturing and creating the softening and resting sure. for myself, as well as how I can kind of bring that into, into the teaching, into the way that I share. Now, kind of like similar to what I said about when I was younger, like feeling really weak. I mm-hmm. felt so weak. I just felt so, um, so much shame. There was like, what, like, oh, why were you there at that time? Why did you, you know, all the things, all the questions, like how could right. I have avoided this happening? All the things came up. All safety mechanisms, right? It yeah. brought me way, 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 way down. And, and then I kept hearing from people, be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong, be strong. And I just like had this whole thing, like this kind of like, moment in my head and it really has been the pillar of my teaching which is well what does that mean like what does being strong mean like when people are telling you to be strong what does that really mean I started thinking about me as a kid I started thinking about like witnessing people like on this just like when people are saying being strong it usually means push your emotions down yeah so like you know when I would show up to class and I'm like you know about to start crying and I was like be strong it meant stop crying like stop crying, Lee, you know, or like, you know, as a kid, like same thing, like, you know, you're going to show up, you're going to get bullied at school, like Lee, be strong, like make just like toughen up. Right. And so I was like, no, that's not it. <laughs> that's not it. Like being strong is being vulnerable and, and being strong is, is actually like um, doing a deep dive of your emotions and, and naming it and feeling it and being with it. And so I did just that. I started showing up to class in tears. <laughs> I started talking about what I was going through. I started um, creating a space which I found I understood to be actually validating for other people because I got to see vulnerability mm. in a front-facing way, and and I started really like being like that in my relationships and my interactions, like just not not trying to wipe away the tears like wiping away the tears like when you think about like when you start crying and you just go like that it's because there's shame involved like I don't want anyone to see me I want to it's putting a stop to what needs to come down it's Mm -hmm. putting a stop what needs to flow and so that's been like what I've been really like I guess passionate about is this reframe of what vulnerability is that it actually takes so much strength to be able to feel to be able to name what's coming up to be able to face society in your vulnerability and that's what being strong is and ask for help right like that's all wrapped up in that you said that in the in the first 30 seconds of describing this last year for you and again thank you for sharing that and you validated me in the last 10 minutes even before sharing a lot of that story and it is powerful and I want to like reiterate that point that 
just in the moments of you sharing your own experience and made it that much easier for me to be like, well, I went through that too. And I want to find like human beings. I think this is like that science and psychology of what you were saying at the beginning of this conversation of like, once you start to explore what's happening in your brain, how you can really learn a lot from it. It makes perfect sense. Like I'm listening to you and I'm looking for a way to connect with you. Our brains are wired to find patterns, to find abilities to categorize things. So that helps us have this conversation. It helps me literally remember what you're saying. But it also helps us have this connection that I think is so cool that you can still have with somebody through a screen. And like I'm sitting in a room where you're still pretty far away from me. Like I'm not right in front of the computer either. And I just love that like that passion for what you've been able to do for yourself. It really shines through. And that's incredible. And even more so this idea of pushing your emotions down. I know for me, that's what I struggled with so much that all of a sudden I just had like a breaking point and I was just like, I'm going to shatter into a million pieces and I, I can't, I can't handle this anymore. And in my life, I remember the day that this happened so distinctly because it was over something that seems very inconsequential now. And I remember I was living in Charlotte at the time and I was in my apartment with my older brother or my younger brother and we shared that apartment with my now ex-fiance and he was not home my brother was home and I was trying to make like sweet potatoes or something like I do remember what I was doing kind of specifically and for some reason and I know it was because I was so inside my own head and I was so distracted I reached into the oven without mitts on like I didn't even notice that I didn't have them on my hands and like thank god I reacted fast enough to be like oh shit (laughs) like I'm gonna get burned here so I was fine but my next thought was so intensely negative and I said to myself like out loud I was like why the hell did you just do that like you were so much smarter than that you were so much like I I was like breaking myself down to be like how could you be that stupid like and why would I talk to myself that way it it hurts like say it out loud now but I know like being you know removed from this situation almost two years later I can really it, like actually it's probably almost two years to the day if I'm, I'm being really like looking at the, the date on this count cal- on the calendar today it was right around December of 2019 and I and I remember it was cold out and I remember like where I was in terms of like I was transitioning between jobs I had this struggle of like what my identity was going to be relative to my career so I was fixated on so many things up here that I couldn't even be present and what was happening in front of me and then I think I burned the food too And as a nutrition coach and somebody who teaches people how to meal prep, I was like, wow, how could you like you're so bad at all these things. You can't even do this, too. Like it just felt like you said, like one thing after the next after the next. And you have this like really, really negative feedback loop. And no matter what. And I want to know your your experience around this for me, no matter what anybody said to me. So your comments around people telling you to be strong. I don't know about you, but that drove me nuts. Like I was like, no, like you don't understand how I'm feeling. Like you're trying to comfort me and it's just not making me feel any better. And I also want to ask you in in bringing up that point, did you ever feel like you got so wrapped up in trying to help other people through your practice that you forgot how to use it for yourself? Because I felt that way with my fitness for a very long time. For sure. I was like, it's like, I was like, I don't have any tools to take care of myself. Right. I like forgot them all. Same. But then I was still like showing up to teach every day right. and like give the tools, but then I would like not use them. 
I was like, you know, back in my own stuff. And like, Mm -hmm. you know, and then, and then there's something to say there that's like, teachers are human, right? Right. Like we're human. (laughs) And, and, we're teachers probably because we needed to be students too. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're lifelong students. I am a lifelong student and I've learned so much this year and it's been, you know, such a blessing. But I think the, yeah, the most frustrating thing that I heard from people is, and, you know, I, I, I say this with hesitation because people are going to listen and then they're going to be like, oh my gosh, I said that, you know, right. but, Same. Yeah. But, but truly the being strong piece, obviously the part where they're like, well, you shouldn't have like been at that place at that time alone, you know, that put me in the shame loop. And then really just like the number one, one, like, oh, where there's, I'm sorry, I'm getting all these notifications. That's okay. Um, Is just the piece around like, oh, there's a lesson in this. Oh, there's like, like, oh, what's the lesson? Like, what's the teaching moment? And I was like, actually like, this just sucks. And like, I'm going to like, let me dwell and not, not dwell, but like, sure. let me just acknowledge Be that allowed. like sucks instead of go straight to being like, well, okay, this happened. And I can like, you know, you know, just like put it into a teaching moment, which mm-hmm. I did, but it wasn't like the first thought in my brain, you know? And I feel like people were really like seeking that, like, well, oh, like it's a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. It's a teaching moment. So that was really um, frustrating, I think, but also like what a gift to to be able to um be a student of my own teaching <laughs> and to be a student of like lifelong teachings that have continued to come down in this past year and and really nurture and and let me rest on my own the the rest that I got to take this year and that I needed um has been really amazing and to kind of recognize how much I need that rest to to be able to take care of myself and my own mental health and kind of perpetuate that out also for my own for my own students so you said that it was a rest that you really needed I want you to describe that a little bit more and I'm making the assumption that maybe you were like a go 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 kind of girl even as a yoga instructor a yogi in that space in the breathwork space I think people can make huge assumptions that you are really good at having a pulse on like, when do you take a break? When do you pull back? But maybe you didn't. And I want to know how it made you feel because it also was probably a little bit of a forced rest, right? Because you didn't control any of these events happening to you. So let's talk about that because I think a lot of people listening can relate to that feeling. I know I can. So I read really grounded. Yeah. Like I, people are like, yogi, you're this, chill. That's a facade. I mean, it's real. Like I am ground, yeah. but also but like I have I have, it. Like you've, you've, Google Calendar yeah. is like stacked up from like thing to thing to totally. thing. I see an extra space and I'm like, ooh, what could I fill in Same. there? Like I don't, you know, I don't really <laughs> let myself um rest, I guess, is really the thing. And and I did have some forced rest after after the assault, which I was really resistant about, and then finally like took and it was amazing. And I think this year an intention well an an intention was rest and then what what my intention ended up being was resilience and i and i started realizing that often the the definition of resilience is kind of like push through and move mm-hmm. through and get through it but then i'm also in this reframe of like actually like the resilience that i'm going through this year is actually rest 
is actually like, can I reframe resilience as like this opportunity to rest as well? Like I am being resilient to push, um, push against my trauma or push through against my heartbreak or push against this feeling of unsafety by resting. And I am worthy of rest and you are worthy of rest and all of us are worthy of rest. And when we rest, actually, when we give ourselves that time to rest and heal and nurture and take care, then we can actually do all the things that we want to do or need to do better, more efficiently, um, but with rest, right? I have to just pause on that. That's definitely a huge takeaway for me from this conversation. And of course, my brain then turns to let's make this timely and tie it into the new year because this is the time of year for people, whether you're listening to this at the end of 2022 or the very beginning of 2023, the conversations I'm having with clients right now gearing up to Christmas and then in the two weeks of Christmas and other holidays that are celebrated in New Year's and just this like reflect on the year and set a new goal for 2023. Everyone's so quick to pick like, I'm going to do this and this and this and this and this and I'm going to achieve all these things. What you said is very similar to me if I take this frame of fitness and nutrition, specifically the fitness piece. Something I say to my clients often is results are in the recovery and so many of them hate that statement. Because they want to go to the gym six days a week. They fight me on why I'm asking them to take a planned day off from exercise. But their brains are so wired to be like, do more, do more. And that's also very much aligned with the type of woman that I work with too. Because I'm that person. What you said about your Google Calendar, I <laughs> before I walked in to record this episode, I was on the phone with my mom. And she was like, how are you recording a podcast today? Because <laughs> if I told you all the things that I was doing today, but I planned this with you like three weeks ago. And I was like, no, I made a commitment to doing this and I've been looking forward to it. And yeah, did I do other things today that like had to take precedence? They just did. And I figured out a way to get them done. But something that I've really tried to become more intentional about and I'm working on and it all is a practice is right before I record a podcast, I don't love to come into it having been in another meeting because my brain's like not where it needs to be. And I'll look for little opportunities. And I'd really love for you to provide examples around this because I feel like it's something you probably do in your day to day. I have about a 10 minute drive from the athletic club where I work to come to this podcast studio. I notice, and I never realized I did this on purpose until today. I never listen to music on this drive. I'm silent. And it's like the only time that I'm like totally silent and I don't talk. And as I was driving over, I was thinking about some of the questions I wanted to ask you. I was like refreshing my brain on what I had read and like the packet on all things open and where I wanted to take it so that I could kind of just like run through that. But something I want to work towards is just like not feeling this need to like be totally prepared because I just showed up to this conversation with my own experiences and biased but I think it's been great so far right so I think a lot of that has to do with like the energy that you bring and how you choose to step into a room and I am like the last person if, if I listened to this like if I was listening to this two years ago in 2019 and I could hear myself saying this right now today I'd be like that is not something that would ever come out of Chris's mouth because she'd be like when's the next thing gotta go do this let me check the box like so much 
this sense of accomplishment that I get off of like checking boxes is kind of crazy. But it's just like it gets me going. And I, I don't know like if that's nature nurture, if it's you could say that it's from social media, like there's so many things you could say it's from. But I really want to know in your definition of the rest that you've received, what did that actually look like? And what advice would you provide somebody listening if they're like you and I and they want to have the full calendar and this idea of space to just be and listen and do is really uncomfortable for them? Yeah. Well, I will. I have to say I have not figured it fully out. Yeah, it is. It is hard. So I've had like months where I'm like really stepping into my rest and then months where I'm not at all. But um, in general, I mean, like initially it was like taking time off from work. Mm -hmm. I had the opportunity, obviously, like open gifted that to me and it was amazing. So not everyone is going to a go through a trauma where their work is like, go take time off. So I got to have that immediate rest. Um, But even in that rest, I like was like trying to like fill my week off with all these other things, you know? (laughs) Um, So I went, I I went into that, you know? Um, I think in terms of just like taking care of my mental health in that way to honor rest, the first thing was like just noticing my patterns was like noticing what I was doing to not rest. Because if you think about like, you know, there, you can put it in like a fitness mindset of like, there's like the fitness and the recovery or like yoga, there's like a a flow class or like a restorative class or or there's working and then time off, you know, there's like many ways to look at it. And there's this misconception that, uh, you know, the, the weekends off or the restorative yoga or the recovery are the easy things, right? But mm-hmm. our brain, our human brain is like, no, 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 like, let me work out. Like, let me like, that's like the, that's advanced, right? Like, let me, let me go to the vinyasa. Let me go to the flow class. That's advanced. Like work is like easy. Like it's the rest part. That's really hard. Like when you show up and do restorative yoga, that's actually like really hard, even though our brain is like, oh, it's so hard. I'm like, I got to get out of this pose. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, it's like our brain is like so used to the doing yeah. that like, it's actually the rest because why? our body's slowing down, our body's activating the parasympathetic nervous system, which is rest and digest. We're used to the sympathetic, which is the fight or flight and the go, go, go. And so we're in this rest and digest. And what comes up when we're in rest and digest? All of the thoughts and it's all of the feelings and it's all of the emotions that we've been told to push down, to be strong, to push down. And now we're faced with it and we're faced with that mental chatter. And you know, we, we label things as good and we label things as bad. That goes back to what you were saying with like Mm -hmm. your friend and making love to emotions. I'm trying to create a space and I'm trying to, in my own rest, to create a space where I can acknowledge all of the emotions, all of the things that are coming up, even if I label them or society has labeled them as bad, right? Anger and fear and, you know, sadness and rage and all of that. Like, it's not bad. Like they're legitimate emotions and like happiness and joy and all that are the good emotions, but there's a, there's toxic positivity. There's the, you know, there's things going on. So just to acknowledge the whole spectrum of emotion, I think through rest, you're really faced with all of your emotions. You're really faced. Kind of some tools that I've had is just to, to witness, right. To witness my patterns, which as I said, so I started noticing like, Oh, I have empty space. I initially want to fill the space. I started kind of like writing down the patterns and realizing it and then thinking about, okay, what can I change or shift without like 
without guilt and shame, right? Because then you start noticing like, oh, these are, these are, all, these are all the things that I'm doing and now I need to change all of them. That's also a problem, right? Especially as we Completely. come into like, the end of the year and the new With year. Nutrition, and oh my gosh, that's like the constant battle and not to cut off that thought, but I want to emphasize this for anyone who's listening. The number one myth that I find I dispel with brand new clients is we do not need to change everything at once. My best clients have the same conversations with me every single week. Why? Because they're still noticing the same behavior. And they know that if they're 20-something years old or 40-something or 60-something, they did not get here overnight. And some of the things we are trying to work through took years to develop in the first place. So they may very well take years to reverse. And there are going to be moments when that doesn't feel like the best path forward for them. And we have to acknowledge it because if we don't, we can't move forward. So a thousand percent, like underline that and highlight it, bold it, all of it. I noticed the thing that has been best for my rest. And like, the, if there's one thing that oh, I like that best for my rest, it I like that too, <laughs> um, is turning my phone off or not off, but on airplane mode every yeah. night. That has been like the number one thing for me this was year. Was that hard for you at first? It was. It was. And that gives me anxiety thinking about that. Well, because, you know, I wake up in the middle of the night and then I'm like, go straight to my phone. And then I, mm-hmm. you know, I have people in different time zones, international. So sure. I'm always getting texts. And yeah. the reality is, I have really bad sleep. I've had really bad sleep for a long time. And so this was another thing that was kind of trying to, it, it was a part of my depression. It has been a part of like my, my healing of, of the trauma. But yeah, turning my phone onto airplane mode at night. And then that's, that is my number one, number one, number one, trying not to fill every little empty space with something, <laughs> even if it was like something that wasn't work, you know, I'd be right. like, oh, like so something fun. You yeah, still I do that too. Right. I do the same thing. Like, why right. can't I just have a, like, I'll be like, I need to have a chill weekend. And then my chill weekend turns into like dinner with this person, drinks with yeah. this person. I was like, just do nothing. Yeah. But that makes and me so uncomfortable. It comes into another thing I've been really working on this year is boundaries. So when you say no to something, you're actually saying yes to yourself. And that's what I've been really thinking about is like, okay, like, do I have to say yes to every single opportunity, to every single interaction, to every single event, every single class? Like there was a time that I really wanted to. Mm. Yeah. That's filling up the schedule. It was fun. It was great. And now I'm kind of like, okay, like I deserve rest. We all deserve rest. Like, what is actually um, worth my time? And and I mean that in just like really valuing your time, yeah. not about better than anyone else, but just like valuing your time, valuing your energy. I want to sustain my energy. I want to sustain my teaching. I want to sustain my practice. It's such a big part of mental health. The last thing I'll say is having some sort of ritual. And I think this gets really hard, especially as we're like coming into the new year and like resolutions and all the things that people talk about is like, your daily ritual doesn't have to be a 30 minute class and a 10 minute this and an hour this and like because then everything feels really unattainable mm-hmm. it can be five minutes a day yeah. and like that's different practices it could be a meditation it could be a movement it could be a forward fold it could be your legs up the wall it could be a push-up it could be you know it could right. be any of things but some sort of like repetitive something mm-hmm. and for me it's like repetition plus intention totally e- ritual such a good formula I echo that a thousand percent I have one it's 
I know the exact time it is because it's a recording that I listen to. It's almost like a mini meditation slash podcast, if I could call it that, because it doesn't feel like meditation. It's three minutes and 29 seconds, and it's so short. I'll listen to it twice because I'm like, I need, I should hear this again. Like, I let me go through this exercise one more time. And I actually keep track of how many days a week I do it, which is partially from like constructs of a coaching investment I made. But it's been really great because I would not admittedly have explored that otherwise because I'm in the camp of what you just described of like, well, I need to do this to a certain standard. So if I can't meet that standard, then I just won't do it. And that saying that out loud in that way just sounds ridiculous, right? Like, and I'm not trying to judge myself and and I am wanting to give myself like grace in that statement and acknowledge that that's harsh, but it's also, it's just like that all or nothing that blocks you from so many different things in your life. And I really appreciate that you mentioned the word ritual. I feel like that's going to be something that, let's go back to your comments around accessibility from the first half of this entire episode I actually feel like the word ritual, to me at least, makes it more inviting, makes it like a little more accessible for the person who is the woman or man who we've been saying wants to check boxes and wants to fill their time. Because what did you put in that recipe for ritual? The word repetition. And I think there's so much value in repetition. It's part of fitness. It's part of nutrition. It's part of habits. It, it all comes back to that. Yeah, I, I'm daily meditation, daily practice, daily fit, whatever it is that you, and we're all different. We're all right. crave or need different things. We don't, we don't always know what we need. Yes. We might think we need this or we yes. need something else. We might think we need rest, but actually we need to move. We might think we need to move, but we actually need rest, you know? So like it takes um, time to, to really drop into it, but there's definitely um, tools there. And I'll, I'll plug in open here because yes. we have, it was the we, perfect segue and I wanted you to do it anyways. <laughs> so let's talk about, I want you to all, not only tell us about open as a platform, but I'd really love for you to tie this back into your own experiences and your own story, Leahy, and tell me how your journey in the last year has influenced the way you show up inside of what you offer to open both as an employee, but then to, like interacting with your team, but then also to the individuals who use the platform and participate in the work that you do. Totally. Thank you. Um, thank you for that. So open is a mindfulness studio. And we're really about uh, practices. We're really about cultivating and creating practices, both in person and then online. We have an app. It's a really beautiful, really beautifully designed. We have an amazing team. And we kind of have these three uh, buckets of classes. We have move, we have meditate, and we have breath or breathe or breath work. And each of the practices are there to meet you in every moment. So we have, for example, for breath work, we have like really upregulating breath work practices that are to to wake you up, to to help you kind of like get you riled up before a meeting or a workout pre this, whatever it is. And then we have downregulating. We have something for to help you go to sleep, to help you calm your anxiety, to help you. So really to to meet you in whatever moment you're in. And cool. same thing with meditation, and same team, same thing with. Um, with movement love that and 
what's what's really exciting is that it is accessible. It's accessible on your phone. You don't need to, you know, project it on a TV. You don't need to show up to the studio. We do have our in-person classes as well here in LA for those of you that are here. But um, even if you are here in LA, like you can, you know, you can tune in on the phone as well, which is really exciting. I think my own experiences, the way that I've kind of shifted my teaching is really this this re I've just been reframing all year. I just have noticed that like my intention, everything has been reframing. I'm just reframing vulnerability and strength. I'm reframing what resilience is, what, what resilience means. Um, and I'm really kind of meeting the teaching in that. So awesome. how it has really changed based on my own trauma, has changed based on my own mental health and really noticing like this is how I can meet you in the moment. This is how, like there's so many different students that are going to arrive and maybe they suffered from assault. Maybe they fill up their schedule too much. Maybe they need rest. Maybe they have sleep problems. Like I am a student of these practices as well. And I can share with how they've helped me so that I can, you know, help others as well and create a space where people feel really safe to feel, to feel the emotions that they label as bad and feel the emotions that they label as good and, and to feel safe in their own being and their own body uh, to be vulnerable and to be strong. That's fantastic. I am so excited to jump on it myself because there's obviously so many things that I've shared so far and clearly I'm hearing so many different tools in that. And the other thing is too, and not to make it a comparison game of like other platforms that are available, but something that I personally really like and something that I found that stood out in what you just described is I feel like, and I would love to know, like as somebody who is one of the first open employees and a part of the team, I hear about lots of different apps like this and to me I think of like let's pick one that's like pretty well known like an app like Calm. It's like mm -hmm. great right and it helped me in a time when I had major insomnia and I'm super grateful but something I felt was missing from it is like what's a place that I can go that I can get a little bit of everything but also be exposed to options because when I was in like really dark places I didn't really know what was going to work, right? I kept like jumping from one thing to the next and I have to guess that that may have been top of mind in building something like this because it sounds like you can dabble in everything, but since it's there, like maybe it'll jog something for you that you're like, oh, well, let me go try that versus in my case, like I kept having people like they wanted to give me advice and they wanted to help, but they'd be like, go try this, go try this. And I'm like, I don't know which one to do first or like I tried this for a day and now I'm not sure if I like that. Yeah. Yeah. We have these like three different modalities cool. and with that. So, so much under it all with yeah. all in integrity and there's the community piece, which like this was really built in COVID during a time that That's we, fantastic. we lacked community. And so the way people were showing up, you have, you know, I show up digitally. I'm here at the digital uh, studio right now, but, um, and I see on the chat while I'm teaching, you know, someone from Boston is there and then someone from San Diego and they don't know each other, but they show up to my class every day. So they're interacting with each nice. other, yeah. you know, and so we have this like community feel, which I think is um, also kind of differentiates ourselves from other spaces is that we have this in person, we have online, we have the community and it's this hybrid model that, that blends 
all of it. Yeah, love that. I will, say, I will add is that we're very music forward. I know. And- I wanted to ask about that before we kind of like moved away from open itself because yeah. in doing my own research on it, it sounded like that was a huge pillar. So if you could tell me a little bit more about what people can expect from a music component, what does that actually look like and feel like in the app experience? Yeah, in the app experience, we have a lot of music partnerships. So we'll cool. do like breath meditation tracks to specific nice. uh that have been curated for that wow. or we have a partnership with different with different songs and uh, and labels and and in person too like for me personally and I can probably speak to everyone in this company like playlists are my love language that's oh, yeah. how I share I I joke that I only teach to be able to showcase my playlist and I think <laughs> it's such an important point I mean come on how many like as an instructor let's just put this out there there's no better compliment after class second to that was a great workout I like just like beam when someone tells me that they loved my playlist. I'm like, yes. Yeah, when they're like, can you share the playlist? I'm yeah. like, yep, that, that was that points. There we go. Yes, totally. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I care more about my Spotify followers than my Instagram followers. <laughs> <laughs> so true. But no, jokes aside, really, we are music forward. Cool. And we, we really see music as a part that that deepens your experience, whether, you know, you're going through an anxiety attack and you listen to a track to, mm-hmm. to, and we're doing a breath work practice to help you leave your anxiety, then we really think about the music that's going to help that as well. We're not going to put some music that's going to amplify the anxiety, right. you know? So we really curate the experience musically as well. And we have an amazing music team too. So I think that that's um, a big piece on our in-person and digital experience is that we are music forward and we really think about the music curation, teaching. Amazing. Well, again, I'm really excited to check it out for myself and share more about that journey and and what it looks like for me and how I might incorporate it into a potential ritual at some point too. So thank you for bringing this together and bringing it to my attention and now being able to pass it on to the Fix audience. I think it's going to be very powerful for a lot of listeners, but also for clients of mine too, because a big component of my coaching is looking at this holistic perspective. And in us talking about, say, your own example, my example of recognizing that our sleep isn't the best and something we can prioritize, that's directly tied to any kind of fat loss goal or something to do with like chasing any kind of aesthetic goal, whatever it is, performance, anything, cognitive function, it's all so foundational. So I really love that and I and my brain is like turning right now with all of my clients who pop into my head that I'm like, they could use this, they could use this and I can't wait to be able everyone to share it with them. So. Everyone will be Yes, it's gonna be awesome. Great. Well, cool. Well, I want to be respectful of your time because, of course, since we're working on, you know, not filling our calendars, I'm sure there's a part of you that's like, I do have something to go rush off to. But I love to end every episode with a really quick lightning round, just like fun questions to kind of lighten up the mood before we go. So if you are ready, we are going to jump into that and then we'll make sure that we plug you. We tell everybody how they can check out open and and kind of end it on that note. Sound like a plan? Perfect. Okay, so let's start with music. I'm going to make this one hard. If you could only listen to one artist for the rest of your life, it, it can be any of their songs, but one artist, who would it be, Leahy? Oh, my gosh. It's tough. The only thing that comes out right now is Cinematic Orchestra. Okay. I know I'll probably reject, I like, re- like regret whatever I say, but that's <laughs> who I've been nonstop right now. So Cinematic Orchestra right now. All right, cool. What is... We talked, we kind of touched on this like really high level, but you know, we mentioned different types of yoga practices like vinyasa flow classes versus restorative practices. 
You can answer this however you want. Maybe it's like your favorite at the moment or maybe you even tell me one that in thinking through your journey of like the woman who at 16 wanted nothing to do with yoga to the woman that you are now, is there a practice that you're almost surprised that you really love that you couldn't have ever guessed you would get into at 16? I think breath work. Cool. Actually, breath work. I think that's, I, I mean, I definitely started this journey on the yoga game and breath work is such a big part of yoga and of and of everything that we do. But to me, breath work is like number one it's the way in which I can access my emotions it's the way in which I can access my body it's the way in which I can access my heart and and calm calm my mind and it's fucking dope that's awesome (laughs) good for you that's amazing anything outside of yoga that describes your fitness routine Mm. dance nice what kind of dance do you like to do um, I like to just kind of like move around okay. in my living room. <laughs> hey, that counts. I realize it's been so healing and it's been such cool. a, a part of being embodied is like, just like kind of just like not caring, the, the not caring dance, not like a showing up to a dance yep. class. Yep. Like, like, I don't know if you've heard of like five rhythms or ecstatic dance or any of that, but just kind of like more like a meditative dance or gaga dance, just anything that's like more free flowing just to like really be in tune with the body. Cool. Last book you read. Rest is resistance. There you go. Wait, I got to go check out that book. Who wrote it? It's so good. It's by um, Trisha Hersey, the the woman that started the Nat Ministry. And it's all pretty much all around what I talked about around cool. rest. Uh, I'm definitely putting that on my list. I always ask that question selfishly so I can figure out my next book. So I also read a lot. So. Very nice. Great. Are you a big podcast listener? I was at one point when I was driving a lot more. Mm. I was driving a lot, but like six hours. Yeah, and then makes I, sense. And, and then I stopped and got really into music again when I started okay. like teaching again. Yeah, sometimes really- they like compete with yeah. each other a little bit. I know. It depends like on your mood. I have to decide. But then also listening to music sometimes turns into work because right. I'm like, oh, I have to like use a song for my class or have, you know, so I like have recently been getting back into podcasts, but I love, I can't do audiobooks because my brain won't allow me to do it. But podcasts, I love to be able to just like learn things as Same. I'm driving. But it's interesting what you just said about like the music turning into work piece. I found that I've moved away from podcasts. I do spend a ton of time in the car. But I've had this like kick of listening to music more frequently because I listen to podcasts for work because I specifically listen to health and wellness podcasts. I I used to have like my days of like crime junkie and stuff like that. And I feel like I need to get back to that as a way to just like think about something different and listen to something different. But I have had moments of like maybe I don't need to listen to this podcast right now because I'm listening with the intent of trying to find information for a client or to pass it off to a client and like how about I just like listen to something for like me to just like enjoy myself for a second so I totally hear you on that so music has kind of become my thing for that for sure yeah well last but not least most important question tell us how we can connect with you personally tell us about open in terms of where we can access it where we can find it we'll link all of it down in the show notes too cool yeah so Instagram is the best way for me uh, I'm my first name L A H I underscore B E, and then that's B for my last name, but also just to be love that. 
Uh, and then all my classes are on open. That's how you can find me. Uh, you can download the app. You can find open on Instagram. You can find open on the website as well. And yeah, I'm here in LA. So if you're if any, any of your listeners are here in LA, uh, our studios in the Venice area. So I teach awesome. there as well. Very cool. Well, Spotify, you could yeah, to I was going to say, come on, girl, you're missing one. We just talked about Spotify. I'm going to go follow you on Spotify right after this. So love it. Well, cool. Well, you can definitely expect to hear from me and see me in one of your classes because I'm I'm really just, again, so grateful for this opportunity to connect with you, for you to be so willing and open. I have to use that word because it just hits to share your journey and share your story and the vulnerable parts of it and, and the harder parts of it. And just know, like, I, I feel like I don't even have to say this to you, but I want to say to you that there's so much power in being able to share that. And like, let's go back to the word you use that, that phrase be strong. And there's so much strength in someone else listening to this and you being able to kind of pass that along and say like, Hey, like, let's reframe this. Like, let's look at our emotions a different way. That's, I, I'm already thinking about how I want to sum up the conversation and and that's it for me. Like it's that reframe. And that's a word I've been using a lot with my own clients in the last like two weeks as we think about 2023 goals and as we plan for certain events or working towards specific goals on certain timelines and and how does it just all fit together? That is among a bunch of other R words, R words like rest and resistance, that's one that comes up a lot for me. So I thank you so, so much for anybody who's out there listening to this. You guys know the deal. You got to share it with somebody because that's where this domino effect comes from and helping and giving people permission and encouraging people to be more open, to be more vulnerable, to just feel their emotions, to address them and meet yourself exactly where you're at versus trying to go from one thing to the next and and getting a little bit fixated on the end result I think this conversation really invites you to just be present in that way and it certainly sounds like that's a really big pillar of who you are and your brand even just with your Instagram handle and I, I love that too so again thank you so much for your time I'm very excited to release this conversation and get feedback on it but for anybody who's listened to this today, share it in a text to a friend, share it on your Instagram story, put it up somewhere for somebody else, invite somebody to listen to it, like bring it up in an actual conversation. We tend to forget that because we're always sharing things digitally. Uh, but every little bit helps in helping other people show up as the best versions of themselves, which includes these quote unquote good and bad emotions. Like they all together collectively make us who we are. And I think that's really, really important. So Leahy, thank you because I couldn't have drawn a lot of these parallels today. My mind was in such a different place an hour ago and I feel like this is totally going to change the rest of my day. So that's the best part about podcasting too because we would have not had a reason to connect otherwise and and I think that's really cool. So it's been fun. It's been great. Love thank the fixed community. Excited to meet you all. Excited to connect. Yes. And thank you. Definitely. Well, from wherever you listen from today, whether it's the East Coast, the West Coast, a different country, wherever you guys are listening out there, we appreciate you for being here and we hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you.